Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week, I know I tell you about this, but each and every week we find a woman who's going to change your life, make your life better in some way, but we're always looking for someone who could help you in the area of health. Staying healthy is so very, very important. Uh, we need to take care of ourselves. I know Dr. Mom is alive and well, but believe me, if we're not healthy, nobody else is going to be healthy. So please get your mammograms, get your pap smears, make sure you go to your doctor every every year, make sure you get your eyes checked, everything that makes you healthy. And that just runs right back into the next topic, which is staying fit and vital. You know, my bucket list is long. There's many, many things I want to do in my lifetime. And to do that, I'm going to have to stay fit and I'm going to have to stay vital, and I'm going to be able to move one foot in front of the other, and so I want to be able to do all those things. So we're bringing women that have so many great ideas about how you can stay fit and vital, especially in this new year. And then, of course, our business. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've reinvented myself so many times, I'm beginning to think possibly I'm a multiple. But anyway, there's many, many things I want to do. And again, the fastest growing trend in the United States of America is the women-owned, the women entrepreneurs. So if you've got a great idea, and again, that great idea can also mean connecting for good. We find so many, many women who are taking their passion and their purpose to the next level. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about a woman who has taken her business, and she's taking her time, her energy, and she's teaching other women to take their passion and their treasures and giving back to others. So the Women Connect for Good is one of the new pieces to the Women Speak project. Women Connect for Good are connecting women who are helping other women. So Joanna Krauts is definitely, Krauts is one of these people. Uh, she's my amazing guest today. She's an author. She is an entrepreneur. She's an educator, an advocate, just like I am, and a speaker. She is the editorial director of Muse to Muse Production, which has produced multimedia marketing solutions for some of the best brand known, best known brands that you probably know about. She's the founding director of Women's Giving Institute, an organization committed to educating the donor and all of us. Women Giving Institute develops tools, programs, and communities that inspire women to change the future. Joanna is also a widely published journalist and contributing author and editor in for Town & County Magazine. She's written two books on philanthropy, Making Philanthropy Count, How Women Are Changing the World, and her newest book, The Guide to Intelligent Giving, Making a Difference in the World and Your Own Life. And this is just where I live. Uh, I am the chair of Female Leaders in Philanthropy. We're all about helping women to be, uh, helping women to help themselves. So she, she's wonderful. Joanna's passion for social activism has put her work on the behalf of women, entrepreneurship, and giving to help make, remake society's image and expectations of women and wealth. I'm very pleased and honored to welcome this amazing woman to Women Speak Conversations. Joanna, thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you so much. This is uh, uh, such an important topic, uh, giving and, and helping people to learn to, to really find their passion and what they really, what's really important to them. But yeah, thank you for being with me. Oh, I'm I'm charmed, really. It's what I'm passionate about, so you're doing me the favor. 
Well, that's that's what it is. We're all in it together, and and if we can spark a spark a little flame and a little fire within, uh, especially women. Uh, I mean, I don't have any trouble because the women I spend time with are are just right there. They're giving their time, their talent, and their passion. They're giving back in so many many ways and helping women. Helping women is just, it's wonderful in our community. But you know, there's a, every person has a story. And, and I have my story, why I do what I do, and why I'm a psychologist, and why I have a foundation, and why I developed the Women Speak Project. So I know you also have a story, and I think that is such value to others when we hear other people's stories. It also connects us even strong, more strongly. So why, did, why are you doing everything that you're doing and, and writing about giving and, and, and all the things you know, for women, for for women to really giving back and using their passion to do so much in this world. Right. Well, as you know, these stories tend to evolve over time, and that's true of mine. Um, my coming into the arena of advocating and educating women about strategic giving really grows out of my professional life as opposed to my personal one, and then of course the two tend to get integrated. Right. But I began working as a journalist um, and an editor in publishing based in New York and along the way became an editor at Money Magazine, which is owned by Time Inc. and is probably the premier personal finances magazine in the world, if certainly the country. Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely we began covering how women feel about money, which was not done really up until the mid-90s um, right. when I was there. And it turned out, big surprise, Women have very different feelings about money than men do. They spend and they invest and they save in very different ways. And we developed because at that time we could. We had a reporting team and we had resources that are not so much anymore. Uh We developed a whole litany of how it is that women deal with their dough. They live longer. They're in and out of the workforce. They take care of ailing relatives or or nurture children. And they end up with and they earn less. And then, of course, we have the uh, legacy of um, women not being in charge of inheritances, which is slowly changing. All these things right. created um, an enlightenment in me about the differences in gender when it comes to money. And that spilled over when I began looking into philanthropy. Yeah. Well, w- women tend to see money as a vehicle. Uh, you know, sometimes I guess men see it as a as a as a uh, kind of a measure of, of importance, but I think oftentimes women see it as a measure of what, they, what they're what they able to do with it as far as, uh, you know, their ability to share it and to give it. And, uh, and, I, and I think I've seen that, especially with many of the women that I've spent time with who have become successful in their own businesses and now uh, really feel that uh, it's it's something justifiable that they, they, ha- they have a responsibility to give back. Well, it's, it comes down to, you know, those three little words, sex, money, power. Uh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I see pros and cons in terms of women's attitudes toward money and giving um, compared to men's on, on both sides of the aisle. For instance, men tend to be much more strategic about their giving when they first begin. When women become educated about giving, they, they then focus their attention. But research has shown that women tend to scatter their gifts. Right. They don't focus on one. They don't give big ticket gifts. They give a lot of a lot of little gifts to a lot of small to a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And research also shows that women tend to step back when times are okay. In other words, when they see a lot of need, and this is 
you know, the kind of cliche about women being compassionate and emotional and they they and empathetic. They give when they see need, and then when things are okay, they step back. Men give consistently, year in, year out, to the same organizations. And if you want to make a difference in the world, that's the strategic thing to do. So I look at the power that women have as underutilized and just uh, beginning to yeah, yeah. grow. Right. Well, and as and, and of course a lot of uh, a lot of giving comes based on estate planning. A lot of giving in our country is based on tax benefits. And of course, there's always that financial piece, which is again, if you do have wealth, uh, there are ways to create tax shelters. But but again, by developing foundations and creating donor advisory funds, uh, that, that that that's really created a different world, especially for women with wealth as well as men. So, I mean, I think that's part of uh, part of the thing that I've I've you know that I'm involved with in my own community. But but you know, you talk a lot about the things that I think are important that that women are, uh, you know, that women that do have wealth really are you call them Fort Knox, but they really have that ability. And sometimes they're never, they don't tap into it because sometimes they don't even know how to go about doing that as far as how to give, where to give, how to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and the next you say, a lot of, uh, I like the next point you make, which is, you know, a lot of women are managing their own money. They don't need another, they don't need men to do that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're finding that they can do, I think there was, um, I was listening to the uh, Fox News, I can't remember which, which uh which newscast uh, it was, it says that more and more people are, are seeing marriage as, as not as, as important because people are mi- beginning to manage their own affairs. You know, ever since, you know, uh, you know, the whole issue of marriage and the sharing of wealth, you know, because a lot of people are saying, hey, wait a minute, I want, I'll, I want to keep mine, you keep yours, and I, I'll manage my own money. And then, of course, you, women, of course, one of the fastest-growing trends are women-owned business, entrepreneurship. I mean, that's where we're leading the edge as women-owned businesses and leading Fortune 500 companies. So, so again, I think we, we, have a ho- we definitely have a population uh, of women that now have the ability to not only uh, give but manage and, and, are, are, and are ready to do so. You know, it's a very exciting, opportunistic time, um, as you clearly have laid it out. I just see, uh, again, this massive opportunity for women to step forward. There have been studies that say that women business owners give more by percentage, more often and more frequently than any other group. In other words, than male entrepreneurs and people who are employed by larger companies who are salaried. So there is that role model that women business owners are providing. But, you know, a lot of people have said, Marie Wilson being probably the key person who's over was at the Muse Foundation, the women, the White House Project, says you have to see it to be it. Yeah. yeah. And what I, what I don't see enough of and what I really advocate for and what I'm desperate to see is women to step forward and say, I am a philanthropist. Yeah. We have yeah. people like Buffett. We have Gates. We have Bloomberg. We have, you know, all across the spectrum, there are men who step up and say, I'm a philanthropist. Women say, you know what, I'd like to give. That's, that's, it, funny. That, that, that's funny, though, Joanna, because, I mean, this is what the name of our organization is, uh, Our Women's Initiative, and I was, I was just talking to you about that. It's called FLIP, which is Female Leaders in Philanthropy, and, mm-hmm. and it, it is the Women's Initiative. We're one of many women's initiatives uh, across the United States, and that's uh, women's initi- there's the Women's Council, which is the United Way of America. And it's a force for good. These women are absolutely amazing. But it, it, it is an interesting term because when we they, – they like the term flip because it's cute. 
Mm-hmm. But it's interesting when we say female leaders, right. a lot of women go, well, I'm not a leader. And, right. and, and, and I kind of fi- I find that kind of interesting. But, but when you start to explain to a, a woman, yes, you are. You've been giving these things and you've been doing these. You've been taking your leadership and, and your role in the community as a leader and, and, being, and you've been involved in philanthropic endeavors. And so once we, you know, once we really start to define that, people go, well, yeah, absolutely. I'm proud to be a, a member of FLIP. I'm right. proud I, to be I, a philanthropist. I, I do think it's um, evolution, and, and it's going to take a while. We're not simply talking about, say, women coming into the workforce, which we've seen over the past half century. We're not talking about women coming into wealth, which is going to continue, and women will, in this country, will own and manage more assets than men as we go forward because women live longer and marry and tend to marry men older than themselves and are inheriting all that. But but what is what 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 is at base going on is a real psychic and, and it seems to me cosmic shift that women have to feel that confidence. And we see so much and there's reasons why they don't. I mean, for instance, when women step forward and say, I am powerful, uh-huh. I am wealthy yeah, they they come into a lot of flack. Um, well, they yeah, get a lot of <laughs> that that goes back to the whole issue between women uh, women supporting women. Yeah, and and there's reason for this. You know, when women when when we talk about that bag lady syndrome that that everyone always brings up about women and money that women are however much money they have, even women with millions of dollars, tend to worry about ending up on the street and being homeless when they're in their 80s or something like that. That bag lady cliche, you know, they're, they're not crazy. There are reasons for this. Um, women earn less. Women live longer. Women yeah. need more money. Yeah. Women don't take the risks that men do. Men see money like a faucet. Women see money like a pool, and it drains, you know? Uh-huh. So, so these are some of, I mean, these things are all, to me, as I say, integrated and need to, to kind of, we need to work on everything at once, but, but things are changing. The most exciting thing to me about what has gone on in philanthropy in the last, say, decade is how people are giving while they live. It's been a revolution in giving in this country. Instead of right. waiting to when they die, they're hands-on, they're choosing right. their organization. They want to see it happen now. They're choosing their cause. They're saying, right. wait, right. is this what I believe in? So that means the control and the engagement has been extraordinary. Yeah. And I think that's also a credit to women. Women tend to kick tires and do due diligence and then do their homework and then volunteer. And then they say, okay, this organization is okay. They audition before they put down their dollars, and I think that's smart. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, uh, cause-driven, I think I think women are definitely, you know, uh, I think once once a woman identifies a cause, then she can really get behind it. And and, and like I said, we have a group of, of many many women that there, it's the sweat equity. Sometimes you have you involve people at a level though that uh, again, as they, you said, men try it out. Well, women actually when, once they get some sweat equity into it, typically get very very passionate about it mm-hmm. and then start to give. And, and and giving is it's equal sacrifice. I think that's one of the things we need to say here: equal sacrifice. Because what 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 a person gives in uh, one year, in ten years, could be giving much more, and then creating a legacy within within for their families, for their daughters. I mean, for for me, I have daughters and I have granddaughters, and 
it, we, I now, they now see it as their legacy of giving, but they also now see that as their responsibility of giving. Mm-hmm. You know, those who have much to give. I would also urge women who are coming into um, the, the arena, the field of, of philanthropy, to not worry so much about making mistakes. I mean, women hate making mistakes. How, what do you mean making mistakes? I don't understand. Well, you know, for instance, you can choose a cause that yeah. isn't really the one that speaks to you, but it's not like you then have to walk away and say, oh, I, you know, I, I did the wrong thing. Yeah. Or you can choose to give to an organization that then turns out to disappoint you in some way, not even in some, you know, financial scam, but just they're not quite doing the mission, that you, whatever it is. And then it tends to discourage people. And I also have found through a lot of personal reporting and, and experience that somehow the dollar for giving is, has, a, has a much heavier emotional baggage in it than money that women spend in other ways. For instance, we buy, we buy shoes all the time. Yeah. How many pairs of shoes are sitting in the back of your closet that was an impulse buy that you didn't really ever wear? Yeah. And we don't think about it. Yeah. And they cost $50, they cost $100, whatever it is. And if we give fifty dollars to our organization, we will demand that that be exactly you know what. Yeah. There's a sense that somehow the the giving dollar carries a lot more weight. So, I I for, uh, the story I tell about making a mis- making a mistake, if that's the right or you know way to put it, as you rightly say, it's about learning. Um, is a woman I know whose name is Diana Barrett, who was teaching up at Harvard in public private health initiatives so she came so kind of long tail but I'll collapse it. She came into an inheritance from her family, quit her job, moved from Boston to New York City and decided because of her background that what she really wanted to do was help in very poor neighborhoods, Hispanic neighborhoods because that was her family uh-huh. in Manhattan and and got a colleague and they went around for 12 months researching um, incidences of asthma and low nutrition and all these right. kind of indicators that would show that if she put her dollars there, it would actually help. And being a researcher, I mean, they crunched the numbers and spreadsheets and metrics and what have you. Uh-huh. And 12 months went by and she just threw it all over because she said that the nonprofits in that arena, the organization she had encountered, did not play well in the sandbox. They were yeah. overlapping yet, but she could not see her dollars doing any good at all. Uh-huh. So just about that time, a friend of hers invited her to a screening, um, what's called the rough cut. It was, had not had a final edit yet of a documentary, and she went to see it and was blown away by this by this documentary and ended up funding its last um, phase, its final edit and distribution. And the, and the documentary was called Born into Brothels, which has won um, Academy Award and has yeah. been shown all over the world and speaks to the sex trade. Right. And so from there on in, this woman, Diana Barrett, ended up funding documentaries, and it became her passion because she felt it was so much more effective in creating change yeah. and making a difference yeah. and outreach than anything she could do in the neighborhoods that she had been looking into. So was that a mistake? No. Sort of. Was yeah. that a learning experience? For sure. Yeah. And so you, you don't necessarily have to wake up in the morning and say, oh, I know, I'll I'll solve <laughs> world, world hunger. That's that's what I want to do. Well, I mean, you have it, to yeah, I mean, you try them out. Try them out like a, a pair of shoes. Do they fit? Do they? Can you wear right. them? Do they? You know, what can you do with these pair of shoes? I mean, you're right. You're absolutely true. That. And the other key thing I think is to is to think hard before you begin, and this is true of men and women, to try and and, and decide what for yourself success will look like. 
because I think that's the thorniest problem in giving. What it, what does success mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, does it mean that you have made the mission move forward? Does it mean that you have fed three children this year? Does it mean that you have gotten engaged and satisfied something? Is it is it building awareness in the community or in the media? You know, what will success mean to you once you start giving? And yeah. I think if you if you put that in front of the action, you'll be so much more satisfied by the result. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's it, it definitely is it is a learning process. And and you know, I'm, I was a I've been a member of our local community foundation. Actually, I'm on several foundation boards. But but one of the things that I think is very very important is as you as she did though is to actually go and see a place in action and what they're actually doing and how it fits into the community and how they play well with other organizations. You know, again, I think there's been so many organizations that have had to make themselves accountable, United Way as well, that how how many dollars are actually used in your community and what are they used for. And mm-hmm. as, as far as accountability goes, I think every organization, if you're going to give a dollar to them, if you're going to give them a dollar or a million dollars, needs to be accountable for every dollar that you give to them. And I, and if you are a 501c3, uh, which, again, these are, where, these are where you're going to put your dollars or you're going to start your own 501c3, there is accountability built in. I, I don't know of any organization that doesn't have accountability built in as far as where dollars are used and how they're used appropriately. So I think I think there is an education involved, and I think there's a lot of knowledge out there. I don't think I, – I, I think, you know, it's so much better than it was five, ten years ago because nobody ever asked those kind of questions, you yeah. know. But, but also it's also good to ask other people that are involved in giving, like yeah. yourself, or there's so much – there's so much information out there now. You know, I, I, I do have this wealth. I do have, uh, I do feel, you know, the person says, I do, I do feel like I have a responsibility to give back and to make my community a better, stronger place to live because I benefit if everybody benefits. You know, mm-hmm. that, but, but there are lots of things you can, you can ask about what's going on in the community and how well they're being collaborative as far as working with other organizations because, Duplicating services is the kiss of uh, death in the in the world of, of social. I call them social profit organizations. Yeah, well, a lot a lot of that is now going by the wayside because of the economy. I mean, we had something like one and a half million um, uh, nonprofits in this country up until 2008, 2007, when the recession you know began. Yeah. It's now down considerably, and of course, the social safety net has big tears in it. So. Yeah, it's, well, it's community getting tough. And what's, more what's really what's really tough is that organizations are having trouble commanding what is called operational money because people want to give to yeah, pay they want to direct food the on the table, but they don't want to pay for the gas that goes into the truck that brings the food to that right. person. You know, right. yeah. So yeah. so it, uh, that's the other thing I like to remind people: if you pay for the gas, you you actually put two plates on the table as opposed to just one. Uh-huh. And and I think it's important to understand that if you pay for training in um, nonprofit staff and professional fundraising and all paying for the light bulbs, you know that have that people need in the programs, you end up giving a lot more than just straight to the program bottom line. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember everybody was applying for a commu- computer, and but they didn't need computers. They really just need to pay salaries. So yeah. you're absolutely correct, though, is that getting to know these organizations and it, and if you are 
knowledgeable, you'll find out that many, many times it is their operational dollars that they need just to keep the doors open. But, but the, these organizations have a story. Mm-hmm. They have a population that they're serving in your community. And I think once people really understand how these organizations serve the community, I think that's when people really get behind it. You know, and I, I think, again, that goes back to the whole responsibility of the community. We, we have to educate. You know, if you're a philanthropist and if you're a good philanthropist, you're going to educate those in your community about the good things that are going on and the things that need to be changed. We use what we call a community report card, which is basically the, the red flags or the things that need to be changed, like child abuse, obesity, you know, other health issues, or the, or the blue flags that you've got all these great organizations that are working collaboratively together to defeat these red flags. So, so I think more and more communities have to be creative, and when they do approach uh, uh, possible uh, philanthropists or possible donors, they have to be able to educate, be educated about what they're going to do for the community as a whole and, and show that big picture. And I think we're getting much better about doing that when we, when we present the story and that we, we explain to people how they can be a part of that challenge and a part of that action plan to really make a difference in their communities. Yeah, I would agree with you, and 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 I think women are beginning to step up and and see about you know how they can, what changes they bring to the party. I mean, women tend, as as we've said, to be hands on. And uh, I, I've never been, uh, I've never failed to get about being in a room with four or five women and, and not have a project completely planned and ready to roll out because yes, we don't they tend understand to, also the word. To be collaborative. <laughs> We right. don't we don't understand the word no you know that right. doesn't that doesn't fit into our vocabulary so uh, you know that's the energy that it brings in fact and I think the one thing that women need to understand is that oftentimes these are be the women that they truly become best friends with mm-hmm. I know the women that I work with as far as working on philanthropic endeavors have become some of my very very dearest friends well you know what people focus so much on the demand side on the need of of giving that that um, I like to also point out the other side, the supply side, the joy that yeah. comes, the rewards that come, the satisfaction that comes, the education, right. the bonds. I mean, there's so much more to giving than simply putting money on a table for yeah. need. So, no, it's a, like I said, some of my best friends and, and relationships that I've developed in, in the different endeavors. I, I just came back from a four-day retreat at Canyon Ranch, and it was uh, Stedman Graham was the leader, but there were many, many key speakers there. But basically, basically it was talking about leadership, but it was called leadership and giving. Mm-hmm. And leadership and giving is, is really probably the key that a lot of people start to need to start to understand about in their communities is that, you know, giving is first giving to yourself, you know, making sure that you have the gifts, um, that, you, that you understand the gifts that you have, but then the giving to others then becomes that next gift is that you, you're sharing your talent, you're sharing your talents, and you're sharing your abilities with others, which is, again, the gift that you both receive because everybody wins. So, so I think, you know, we are, we, I'm starting to see more and more of a shift in the ideology. As you said, with, when, with an economy with less resources and with an economy with greater needs, we're seeing people become more creative. And, and understanding that we, we all together can really make a difference, whether it's a dollar or it's $10 or it's $10 million. I mean, I think that's a neat thing that, that people don't understand. If everybody gave $1, that they could make a huge difference in, in their communities. Because and, and I, I think when, when we think about 
philanthropic endeavors, and I know women will say this to me, they say, well, I just don't have that kind of money that you have. And I said, it's not about the kind of money I have. It's, a, it's about your talents. It's about your abilities and the people that you may even bring to the table because of what, who you are and what you're able to accomplish. So I think it's a matter of helping people to define really just that whole philanthropic endeavor. Like you said, nobody is born being a philanthropist. You have to learn by doing. It is and learned I think once you do that, you find your passion. Yeah, I, I would also agree that what what the way I like to put it is, which is the same thought that you have, is that philanthropy is never, ever about the dollars. It's simply about a decision. You yeah. decide you want to get engaged and you want to give, and it's never about the amount of money. Yeah. It's about that desire, that decision to, to move forward. Yeah. So. I, I just want to share a story also. We uh, we had a, our, a big reception last night for our flip at our boutique. Our boutique is filled with beautiful work clothing. We're helping women get back into the workplace. But one of the women that came in, she's actually developed a magazine for all the philanthropic, uh, all the uh, social profit organizations as far as helping to really engage them and, and help promote and brand them in the community. But, but uh, it ended up that she ended up shopping because we realized that because of all the things that she was doing, she was limited in her own funds to buy work clothing. So it was amazing. We had a reception, and one of our one of our own members ended up shopping because she actually was the one who needed some clothing because right. she's going out and talking to high profile people in the in the work in the workforce and in the community. And it was the most it was probably the most amazing experience to watch all these women. And we've known each other forever, but pulling out beautiful suits and, and shoes and blouses, and so the whole. The whole principle of what we've been doing became, you know, it became visible last night to us all, and we all walked away with the biggest smiles right. and the greatest feeling of satisfaction that what we were doing, we were doing well, and we were doing, and we were making a difference because we we put into effect women helping women in the work in the workplace, and and we know that that will just get paid for. Everything gets paid forward, you know. Yep. That's that's terrific. Well, it's well, Joanne, I know you've got you you've got many many things going on. You have books. You uh, you do uh, articles, write for town and county, and you're and great speaking. as far as uh -huh. everything is concerned. And you're speaking across the country about uh, the power of women's giving. Well, there, so, we've got we've got it. We just need to use it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would I would just say um, that the uh, the last thing that I'm trying to look into, if there's anyone out in your audience that's interested, is I've been trying to develop a survey that would be a national annual survey that would look into all the data that has about women's giving, who, what, when, why, how much, whether, what causes, because there there simply isn't any research that is consistent and that is ongoing and that drills down into what's happening with women. And I think that if I could get the funding and the backing and the partnerships to do this survey on an annual basis, mm -hmm. it would absolutely move the needle on showing yeah. women what their power is and what their engagement. And in fact, so much of what women is giving now in this country and probably around the world is underreported, unacknowledged, unrecognized. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of under. So that's that's um, you know the one um, I guess call to action I'm putting out there. Call to action. No, I, I think that's a wonderful thing, and that actually even seems like something the Women's Council of the United Way of America might be well, interested in as well. You have my phone number. I'm there. I'd be happy to present this idea tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, you know, that's uh, that's something, you know, definitely uh, an initiative like that could definitely have a lots, of, lots of great numbers because, again, uh, every community has a united way. Not all well, also, it would, lead, it would lead to incredible media awareness because everyone would pick up just as they do on Giving USA. They'd pick up on all those numbers. And well, guess who would, win, who would win tremendously, not only the women's right. giving, but also a large major order, organization right. that has to campaign year after year for dollars. But uh, uh, and the research, the research that's out there now that that comes from the Center on Philanthropy and some of their, you know, partners, right. it's very, it's very spotty, it's very small, it's not consistent, and it doesn't focus only on women. It focuses on high net worth families, and then they break out gender. So it's not about the tens of thousands of dollars that women give in this country that doesn't get reported. Uh huh. No, I, I no, I think that's a that's a great idea, and that's something definitely I would be interested in. Of course, the Women Connect for Good Foundation that I've yeah. uh, founded is definitely we we've got to show numbers. We have to show the power of women and right. their ability to give, and what they're doing to make a difference in in the world at this point. And, they, and we well, know Nancy, they're we know we give are. Give me a jingle. <laughs> What's that? Just give me a jingle. <laughs> Get a jingle. Well, well, one thing for sure, Joanne. When we when I connect with somebody, it's not just a connection for one time. It's for for uh, uh, being a part of this this network that I'm uh, that we're developing. I'm about promoting what you're doing, and hopefully you're promoting about what. We're oh, absolutely. Well, so uh, and Kathy as Evans you say, it all goes around. But, but uh, you know what? That that whole question of the survey. Um, we're having a women's summit in the spring. I think this is just what we have to do is just start putting that question out there as far as uh, the interest and, and funding. And uh, actually, uh, hmm, this is a great thing. I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to a um, uh, uh, retreat in in California, and this is again kind of that same leadership giving kind of thing is to talk with uh, one of the some of the grants people about this idea. So, uh, well, I've done a lot of work on this, and um, I've I've put it in front of a bunch of people who are interested, so let me know. Yeah, well, you can also send to me what you've already done. Well, I, you know, I just want to uh, stay engaged, but sure. Well, that's the whole point, though. I, like I said, we're all in it together, so uh, anything's possible, but uh, let's let's get some emails going back and forth, and like I said, uh, some grants people and some other people that get involved. But, again, I think you're absolutely on target unless we're able to truly show the power of women's giving and their ability to be philanthropic in, in our in the United States. It's an opportunity to really not only engage other women, but to also also so show the women that are currently giving the power that they're actually uh, actually have as far as making a difference. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity and platform. I I applaud your work and and all your outreach. Well, and you also and 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 happy holidays. And we'll just yes, uh, you too. We'll just keep after it. Okay. All right. Have a great Thanks. day.